0: Hi, I'm Garth Tannen. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're
1: the Forex Angels and you're
0: listening to the V8 Insiders. It's
2: your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host,
1: Craig Revell. Oh yeah. This Easter, the rules get tweaked. Finalised and thrown out. Yeah, it's all about the title, isn't it? As the champ goes on the slide.
0: The upsale off of a 18-storey building in the middle of Brisbane was uh, was just fantastic. We
1: find out more this week as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders.
3: Last week's board meeting of the V8
1: Supercars has seen qualifying rules for Season 2009 changed. Now, the qualifying on Saturday will determine the grid for Saturday's race. But on Sunday, there'll be a 20-minute all-in shootout to set the grid for the Sunday race. Cole Hitchcock told the V8 Insiders that the decision to change was not a reaction to the driver's complaints following the first round in Adelaide.
4: You know, I wouldn't necessarily call it reacting, I'd call it a, a positive thing that you know, there was some criticism, but that wasn't the sole reason why uh, why we made things, uh, or, or the, the board decided to amend uh, the qualifying for, uh, for the event from, well, Hamilton Ford, I guess, so... Um, you know, it's a positive thing. Um, there were some teams that actually uh, supported the initial qualifying format and it helped some and it didn't help others in or It just seems as though we only heard from the ones that it didn't help.
1: V8 supercar champion Jamie Wincup feels the Sunday All-In Shootout is going to be great for the fans.
0: It's going to be crazy. For the uh, for the fans and spectators that come out on the Sunday, they, um, they were going to be gifted to a 200-kilometre fuel race but now we've got a 20-minute all-in brawl uh, qualifying session just before race two. We're only talking 20 minutes before uh, race two starts. So it's going to be nuts. There's going to be plenty of sob stories of that guy's not getting a good lap or or crash cars and whatnot. But um, I think it's great. I think it's really it's going to spice the racing up. And, hey, it's the same for everyone. So uh, whoever does the best job will be rewarded.
1: Drivers once again have voiced a wish to form a drivers association. The V eight Insiders spoke to Jason Mene from the AFL Players Association to find out how they work.
5: Well, Craig, basically the one, the main philosophy of the, the AFL Players Association is to represent the I suppose the collective interest and in welfare of all players, but also having due regard for the for the game itself and I think that's one of the strongest things that's been achieved uh, in, in our experience with with built a fairly strong relationship with, with the AFL, with the, the governing body, and, and work together to, to produce and create some, some pretty outstanding initiatives and services and, and benefits for, for players, uh, be it uh, in terms of salary or in terms of conditions or in terms of uh, play development opportunities. So I suppose it's providing that collective voice to promote the, 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 the worth of the player into into the, the industry. has been really, really good. So yeah, as I say, basically representing the player's interest and welfare.
1: V8 supercar champ Jamie Wincup doesn't want to see drivers taking over the rulemaking, but just looking at the safety. What we want to do
0: is just have our say as far as safety goes, and just improving the circuit for uh, you know for, to make it safer for us racing drivers.
1: In another decision at board level, the rules have been finalised for how the new Dunlop Super Soft tyres will be used at selected meetings. All cars must run the Dunlop SP Supermax tyre on the car in either the Saturday or the Sunday race, they can only use the Super supersofts as a complete set. So the car is either going to be all soft or all hard. Cole Hitchcock believes that this variable will ensure great racing.
4: It's another great initiative and another thing that you know emphasise more strategy and more teamwork and. Hopefully more passing and more action for our fans and our TV viewers.
1: V8 Supercar Management was up in Townsville this week to launch the naming rights sponsorship for the Townsville 400, and it's Dunlop who will ensure their SP Sports Max Sprint will get further coverage on the new street circuit.
4: It's great to have Dunlop on board, but the track looks absolutely unbelievable. We've had uh, we had Premier Anna Bly, Queensland Premier, up there yesterday with a couple of her. Uh, ministers who are responsible for, for, for the track and for uh, the sport portfolio in Queensland and everyone to a man was absolutely impressed because what we've been able to do is is convert a, a limited amount of uh, of actual uh, road and combine that with what is almost in real consideration a permanent circuit and design a, a purpose-built um, track and uh, I don't know if you've seen the photos but uh, you know it's going to be really really good the drivers are all well in favour of it. It's wide, it's got uh, quite a few passing opportunities around it. Um, uh, the spectator areas are just unbelievable. Um, so when it's complete, it, it has the potential to be one of the best circuits we've got.
1: V8 supercar champion Jamie Wing Cup joined Troy Bayless in a charity abseiling event for Young Care. I must admit, I'd never heard of the uh, the charity before I got there. Um, but what they
0: do, they there's 6,500... Um, young people in Australia with with a, a disability or an injury um, that that are actually in aged care so they're actually spending most of their lives in, in like retirement villages in aged care so young care is all about getting those young people in, in the right environment so that they grow up, get over their injuries or their illnesses and, uh, and move on it's a, it's a fantastic thing and um, you know, that was the whole purpose of abseiling off a building in Brisbane to, uh, to raise awareness for that.
1: The two stars, they had different approaches to making it down the 18-storey Brisbane building. Hey,
0: I'm not scared of heights. I was, uh, I was there with Troy Bayless and uh, he was panicking a bit as he looked over the edge. But um, it, was a, it was a fantastic opportunity, you know. Not, not many people get an opportunity to abseil. The the guys even turned the weather on. It was a perfect 25-degree day. It was was sensational.
1: Talking charities and the V8 supercars told the V8 insiders that they have raised over $125,000 this season already for flood and fire-affected Australians.
4: Yeah, in actual fact, both of the test days uh, were uh, made or... or, raised about the same amount. It was about $17,000 at each of those, so uh, about $34,000, 35000 in total from the two test days, plus the $100,000 that uh, V8 Supercars Australia uh, donated uh, themselves uh, at the start of the year. And, yes, you're right, a lot of uh, individual teams and drivers are doing uh, you know, ongoing things, including HRT running the, uh, the bushfire livery uh, at the Grand Prix. Um, and uh, you know, we're actually going to plan a few more things for later in the year uh, potentially some things in Winton uh, where we'll tie in with the CFA guys and, and, uh, and do some more work. Uh, because, you know, those the, the, the tragedy might have been forgotten uh, a little bit in the media and so on and so forth, but there's still a lot of, lot of people out there that are hurting badly, so uh, anything we can do to help, we will.
1: Pick complexes like the or 500, debuted this year, could be on the agenda at many other events that the V8 supercars promote.
4: It's opened up an opportunity, uh, potentially sometime down the track, um, you know, to, uh, to provide something similar
1: to that. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. Paul Marinelli and Andrew Clark will be along next. And later, we'll hear about the Drivers Association and how the examples of other player associations and unionisation in sport can be made to work for V8 supercar drivers. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. Hi, I'm David Reynolds from Bundaberg Racing and you're listening to V8 Insiders.
3: Welcome
1: back to the V8 Insiders. Joining me this week from Marinelli Motorsport, it's Paul Marinelli. Good evening, Paul. Good evening to you, Craig. And from uh, the yearbook, it is Andrew Clark, P 101 Publishing. It's good to have you back, Andrew.
2: Thanks, Craig. And uh, hey, Paul, I don't think I've done this with you before. No, we haven't. Mm. It's nice to be together. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Without standing too... Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> too
1: camp. Yeah, we have right, got a huge story that broke on Monday and it's really going to take most of the focus I guess of this show in particular and that is uh, V8 Supercars changing extremely quickly to get rid of the one qualifying two grids and have now announced that Sunday morning there will be a 20 minute all in brawl to select the grid spots for the Sunday race now my first question to you Paul is this change is it good thinking to make it so quick in the year they haven't even really tried the one for two special they well, are, are, what one race
2: that's exactly my thought craig i think you know here they were trumpeting at the start of the, prior to the start of the season how they'd come up with this um, incredible formula that you know this one qualifying session that's going to encourage racing from the back and this is what people want to see and the whole board had thought about it and this is what they came out with after having months to think about it, and not releasing it at the end of last season like they were going to because it was going to be so great and fantastic. Out it comes before the start of this season, just immediately before the start, mind you. And they go out and they try it once, and they've already changed it. You know, <laughs> at least they should have given it a few rounds just to see. You know, even as long as it went into round three, just just to see how how it panned out because some people have already been penalised by this system. Let's not forget, it's helped some people too, like say, in the case of Frosty and Richo, who didn't qualify so well at Cliffsall. That actually helped them um, because the second race wasn't so bad in terms of where they ended up in the first race if if you get what i'm saying so and for other people they just went straight back to the back like cameron mcconville raced up to 10th and started from the back again so there are people who have been penalized by this system and what we normally say is oh look it'll go around everybody will cop their time when they qualify badly and end up at the back well no it won't because now it's suddenly been changed for this 20 minute free for all in which case 20 minutes with a full field of traffic that's not going to be much easier for the guys at the back either but you know, it's just a typical knee-jerk reaction, and it shows that the, you know the so-called you know the, the so-called geniuses behind this idea really had no idea. Everybody canned it from the very start, journalists in particular, and drivers. And look where it's gone. Not even one round. Well done, VH Supercars. Absolute joke.
1: Well, I'm not Andrew, so worried about
2: them um,
6: changing it because it was so wrong before they even put it. We all said it, didn't we? I can't believe it. When I read the press release on it, I just thought, what kind of drugs are these people been taking? Absolutely. So it was. I think it's great that, that they have changed it. You know, I don't care in this particular case whether it's a knee-jerk reaction or whatever, because. The the outrage was was so great. I'm actually surprised it got through to the clips all round. Um, <laughs> then there was talk. I oh, you know it'll get through Hamilton. It'll do this. It'll do that. Well, I reckon that system was so broken um, that I'm pleased they've changed it. The knee jerk reaction. Whatever. Um, it, it, yeah, I've never
2: seen a, a more ridiculous concept in my life.
1: Now, well,
2: well, Andrew, it... I, I agree entirely that I'm you know I'm happy that they've changed it. Right. What I what I cannot believe. What I cannot believe was the stupidity that put it in place in the very first place. As soon as all of us looked at it, everyone went, what? You've got to be kidding. What is going on here?
6: And the thing and is, when you, when you got the original media release from them, it talked about how this was going to be great for racing. And you think, well, somebody explained to me how. No, you know, like, there was no the two, advantage to it. Two things that were going to happen is that you had a qualifying session, a long, significant qualifying session on a day, mm. followed by a shorter race, you know, a half-distance mm. race. Then the next day the fans were going to roll up and all they were going to get was one race <laughs> decided by the qualifying from the day before the race
2: which which let's and face they, it if you went on sunday being your typical race day you'd have no idea what was going on you'd wonder why some of your favorite guys were at the back or whatever <laughs> but you would have thought oh hang on i read in the paper that my favorite driver finished third but now he's still starting from 15th what the hell's going on here you know nothing is, none it, of it, it all made back- sense it was
6: all this stupid thing where they've decided that you can't have a round winner anymore because they <laughs> could do, and, and it's this whole thing, like, you know, we've all been rabbiting on about this for years, you know. Like, if you're going to run a two or three race weekend, you are going to have odd results. Come yes, Sunday, right. Sunday night. You've just got to accept that. You know yes. they've gone about and they've re-engineered the world. You know we now have a of, <laughs> don't have rounds anymore. You have a, you know each race has its own podium
2: because there's you know two races for a weekend and blah blah blah. You can't blah. walk away from a weekend and ask who won it because you don't know.
6: It doesn't happen like I'm just trying to work out how to do the yearbook this year. <laughs> I mean, how do I cover it because? Well, you know, Everything we've ever known in motor racing in, in this country that's has been right. thrown out the window, and, and the no net gain.
2: And that's and sorry, what bothers me is there's no net gain out of this whole process. That, that's right. And 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 sorry, Greg. I know I know Andrew and I are taking this into a different area, but it is important in that the statisticians, guys like Andrew, are putting together his yearbook and put so much work into it. Guys like Aaron Noonan, who currently hold, holds all the V8 Supercar stats and that, have to go back now and change everything right? There are no such thing as rounds anymore. Therefore, you've got to go back and count all the races. You've got to find out how many races were on at a particular event. You've got to add them all up. You can't say 39-time round winner Markscape or whatever it is, you know, um, 16-round winner for whoever whoever it may be. You can't do that anymore because it doesn't make sense because of the new system. Well,
1: no, I think you can. You just say that this year there is... uh twenty eight rounds. No there's not, or oh, twenty six no yeah, there isn't either, is there? There's, there's about twenty are. rounds, isn't there? So,
2: so what we're doing No is there's no rounds It's right. just events. Yeah. <laughs> no, no,
6: this this is this is this is the interesting point. Okay. I think you'll find that Cams is still going to award a round winner for the Australian Touring Car Championship. As opposed well, have to v eight supercars giving race wins. So you'll find that Jamie Wincup, according to Cams, is the round winner from round one of the Australian of the Australian touring
2: Touch, Which makes sense, because they have to keep records some way. I mean, <laughs> how are you going to do it with just the race wins? It just, it makes, you know what it is? It reeks of people who do not care, you know, and I'm not just having a dig for the sake of having a dig of it. This is the truth of the matter. They don't care about the history or anything, or anything, the, the background of the sport at all. What they care about is the immediate gain, and that's the problem. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah. I mean, there's a whole bunch of
6: reasons, but yeah, you know, if you look at this year's rules, like they just don't make a lot of sense. Yeah, you know, there's, this, they, they're going to spice up the racing with the uh, with the fuel stops. Yeah, that's really worked, isn't oh, it? Fuel stops. Yeah, the fuel stops are going to be the defining <laughs> factor. No longer are we going to see lightning, you know, tyre stops. I think no, it's no. under three seconds. I think it's under four seconds. Who cares? It takes twelve seconds to put fuel in, or it mm-hmm. clips all twenty-six exactly. seconds. Exactly. I, I tell you what, I wanted to see your fingers
1: over. Guys, yeah. will you let me ask? say something? What Absolutely I would like not, to right? see is I would <laughs> like to see them say, you can do one or the other American Le Mans or Le Mans style. You can fill the car and then you can change the tyres because then all of a sudden, yes, the fuel might take 13 seconds, 14 seconds to get into the car, but the changing of the tyres time can be won or lost in that process. Now,
2: unfortunately, Craig, there's a sponsorship deal in place that ensures ins- that, yep. that they must refuel every single time, yes, huh? and that's what this is all about. No, no, sorry,
1: you don't understand what I mean. I mean... No, no, no You can only refuel the car at that time, time and course. as soon as the refuelling rig comes out, the mm-hmm. tyre changes can go. And... Likewise, or you could choose to change your tyres first, and as soon as you finish changing your tyres, then you can connect the fuel rig.
2: One of the joys of the sport for me last year, when I was commentating, it was watching these amazing, incredible pit stops and and timing those who'd go under three seconds or just over three, and just get it absolutely right. And you say, look, look at the perfection there by the crew. You know, we are never going to see that again. And that is the shame of this whole, you know, you know I just think, hang on, how, why, how could you take something that was so exciting, both on television and for the fans at the track, and remove it completely for, for, the re, for compulsory refuelling all the time? I just think it's tragic. It really is tragic. This well, time.
1: I think in uh-huh. my case, you're still keeping that quick tyre yeah, change, the importance case, on it.
2: That's, in your case, Craig, but that is not the situation now. No, I know. No? They've taken that right out of it. That excitement element is gone. But and just ridiculous Absolutely ridiculous
1: But I'll tell you what They uh, listen to the V8 insiders And change the qualifying rules We might see say- on the fuel and pit stop rules in due course. We need to take a break on the V8 Insiders. We'll be back with more in just a few moments.
2: The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited.
1: Hi, I'm Will Davison from the Toll Holden Racing Team and you are listening to the V8 Insiders
3: you've taken the v8 to the races you watch the action on tv now read about them in v8x magazine v8x magazine dedicated to just one thing v8 supercars Showcasing some of today's best riders and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now.
1: Welcome back to the V8
3: Insiders,
1: and it is Andrew Clark and Paul Marinelli joining me. It's fired up already, guys, and one of the things that really fired up after the two races at Clipsal was the drivers saying, we need to have more say, one in safety, two in asinine ideas. And then we were one week later treated at the Grand Prix with the old starting format, with the exception of all the Fords were on one side and all the Holdens were on the other, and everyone going, well, let's see, isn't this much better when you work your way to the front of the row? Doesn't that make more sense? And then, of course, a week later or two weeks later, we see uh, the change made. Has this change made this week seen the death knell to the people who are calling for a driver's forum and a, a, a driver's association, Andrew?
6: Um, I hope not. Um, I think the driver's association has an awful lot more to do in this sport than just concentrate on a few rule changes and some ways i think that if i was um, running a driver's association i would be saying forget about the rules let's start thinking about what we're here for which is you know uh, am i going to survive if my car hits a wall Um, like the drivers should be very very concerned about track safety Um, And for a number of reasons, and, and, you know, I could go into them if you like, but I could get sued. (laughs) But, you know, like, there's a lot of tracks out there that aren't that safe. Um, I would argue that there was at least one round last year where these cars should not have even hit the track on. Um, The year before, there was another track where the cars shouldn't have ever been on the track. And the drivers should have the ability to stand up and say, you need to fix this, or we're not going to turn up. Um, And I noticed Richo's quoted on the, um, the Big Pond website today as saying, yeah, oh, we'll never go on strike. Well, I think you can't take that threat off the table if you want to achieve something. Exactly. I have that was- to say, I am, I, I'm, I'm happy to go out there. I take risks, that's what my life is about, but I'm not going to do a stupid risk. You know, I shouldn't be like Paul Radisic and be able to hit a naked concrete wall because somebody decided that I wasn't going to put an extra, you know, two metres of tyres in that's what the drivers need to be doing so I think forget about rules forget about that concept at the end of the day the drivers need to worry about their own skin and that's why this association is important so I really hope that they don't just back away because this one's been solved, because there'll be another one to
2: solve next week. I couldn't agree with you more, Andrew. I think that um, in terms of a driver association, the rules are just a very small part of it. It's it's all the other mitigating factors, and we saw examples at Winton, and of course we saw it at Adelaide last year. I mean, we've, we've seen some pretty terrible accidents in Bathurst in the past as well. Uh, at the end of the day, things need to be sorted. The drivers need to have a voice. They've got zero voice. And I don't care what V8 supercars tell you. Let me tell you, they've got zero voice. They can jump up and down as much as they like. No one takes it seriously. And when quotes like that are made... Now, you know, a strong, I don't know if, if uh, Richo was coerced into a question like, does this mean you'll never go on strike? And he said, no, we'd never do that. Whatever it may have been, well, that's number one. Talk about reducing your power from day one. The association needs to be strong and the trouble is the drivers need to all support it unanimously. Unfortunately, we all know that there's drivers that have got uh, perhaps a quicker run through to the board than what others have. We've got drivers who are going to play ball or do what the V8 supercars want no matter what, even if in regards their own safety and, and you know, really they need need to be unanimous, they need a strong person leading the association, preferably not a driver, but someone who's very good at lobbying and someone who's very good at making sure he's being listened to. Uh, but they desperately need it for not only their own for not only for silly asinine rules as you point out, but for, for as Ed Andrews pointed out, to, to make sure that race drivers aren't dying because of stupid, ridiculous things that happen at some events.
1: Well, guys, this is not the first time that a driver's association has been mooted. And in fact, uh, Andrew, we spoke off air about a couple of other times where legal papers have been drawn up and people have paid money to be part of an association, but it's never got traction because of a whole host of reasons which none of us can say because we would get sued. Yeah,
6: I mean, stuff has been done. Um, and, and you yeah, know, there are a couple of guys who are the driving forces behind this who, who can see the need for it, mean, mm. they see the need for different reasons. I mean, you know, Richo and Russell Engel and Steve Johnson were were key activists in this, which must be, oh, probably four years ago now yeah. at least, um, when it when they kind of sat down and said, you know, this is something needs to happen here, and, you know, they did talk to lawyers, they had all of the Constitution drawn up for this thing. And at, at considerable expense, mind you. Oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't done pro bono or anything. It was, um, no, I no, it was they a paid
2: up in and the um, hope that the drivers would contribute and all do the right thing. But of course, hmm. what happened, Andrew? Yeah, they all sat down and said, "No, nope, too hard." Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, well, there you go. While Andrew
6: just has his little sneeze uh, on a <laughs> <mint>. <laughs> um, yeah, but, So what? 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 What really matters here is that the drivers need to not be frightened. At the yeah, end of the day, yeah, of course not. Of course the not. fans come out to look, watch the drivers. They don't come out to watch anything or anybody else. They're the stars of the show.
0: There's
6: a couple of teams that people follow, but at the end of the day, they follow drivers. Hmm. Um, They have the power
2: to do what they need to do to protect themselves. Yeah, the thing is, Try talking them into, you know, speaking out against stuff. The whole reason why the media don't get the quotes they want out of drivers is because they're terrified of what may happen to them. And you know, at the end of the day, it's like it's like the tail, like the tail uh, looks wrong. You know, these guys should be the ones who stand up and say, "Hey, this isn't right. Do something about it, or don't expect me here on race day." And to be taken seriously, but of, of course that is not the case at
6: the moment. But it's the same thing that we were lamenting a few weeks ago, Craig, when we did this talk about the, you know, the wiping of personalities out of the sport. You know, yeah. the, the drivers aren't allowed to display this sort of thing anymore. They're not allowed to be, you know, seen as as activists. They're not allowed to be seen to have a, yeah,
2: well, you know, a personality anymore. Why that, do you think that, that is Andrew? Might, because... might up your yeah, day but... sponsor. Well, not only that, but if you get them stronger, then they start having association, then they have a real voice, and then they start making changes, and that's the last thing V8 supercars want.
6: Yeah, or the teams. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, but, um, you know, as I say, I, I seriously hope they keep it going. Oh. And, um, no I. Until I do, the next time a driver whinges to me at something, I'll say, yeah. go and talk to your driver's
2: association. Mm. And, and next time... Every time when to... when and next time when they've gone to the trouble of making a constitution and getting the whole thing up and running and then you're too tight to put in your few hundred dollars or whatever it was that each driver had to put in, because that's exactly what happened, let's let's just be honest about it, mm-hmm. um, well then, you know, you obviously don't take your career very seriously. Yeah. Mm. And hats off to Richard personally. You know? Yes, um, yeah, he's he's been him and Greg Murphy put a lot of work into it haven't they yeah and um, I think you'll find Rick Kelly's pretty involved now as well yep. yeah. But, um, yeah
6: well there's a couple of drivers and they've, they've got a reason for doing it and um, mm.
2: Yeah, the thing yeah, is, I it should they... be all of them, be unanimous, yeah. mm. 250%. You know, not all this, uh, oh, you know, I'll I'll see what you guys can do first and then I'll contribute to it, you know, with the money like they the... earn with to drop in the ocean. Mm. I can
1: almost
2: tell you which ones
1: won't join. All right, well, we'll take it there. We're going to go guessing going it now. Five questions, three minutes. And we will start with Andrew Clark. Which oh, driver? we start this, is this,
6: we've got three minutes
1: per question? No. More? Five questions in three minutes, yeah. and the time has already started. Which driver is the most adaptable to change, Clarkie? Lowndes. Any thoughts, Paul?
2: Oh, right, we're doing it at the same time. Oh, OK, yes, definitely Craig Lowndes. He can drive anything, yeah.
1: All right. Which team will find the sweet spot on the new tyres first? Team Vodafone. Um,
6: oh, I mean, they're just head and shoulders above everybody else in pit Lane at the moment, um, including HRT. I mean, they're incredibly well run. Their engineers are there. Their drivers are absolutely spot on and gelling with their engineers. Um, they're just, yeah, they're
2: at the top of their game and they'll, they'll be the quickest to get on top of it. Yeah, if you ask me, Team Vodafone as well, I think they've already found the sweet spot, to be quite honest with you.
1: And they haven't even got the tyres yet. That's the yeah. worrying thing. Over at. Uh Well, I'm pushing this barrow, I've been pushing it since Clipsal since before Clipsal. Is this Stevie Johnson's year? Paul.
2: Oh right. Um Uh, Look, I'm sure he'll perform well this year and probably better than he has in the past. More a consequence of the great engineering and the great car he's sitting in. Uh, He's always been a fairly fast driver. Whether it means he'll win the championship, I don't know, but I definitely think he should score in the top five.
6: I like his attitude at the start of this year. I think he's switched on. Um, But, you know, the thing with Steve is that he's got a lot of talent. Um, John Bow says has told me privately and and publicly actually because I read it in the story that he reckons he is the most naturally gifted driver in the field uh, above Craig Lowndes Um, but he's never been pushed, he's never had to do any more than he's had to do Uh, I reckon the uh, environment at Jim Beam Racing is quite different today than it was a year ago and Steve Johnson will have to perform to keep his job and uh, that means that uh, there's a better than 50-50
2: chance he will perform (laughs) And I think it's good. He's a good bloke. Uh, Interesting that Clark, he said that about Bowie, because when I worked with Glenn Seaton years ago, back in 96, and then again at FPR in 03 to 05, he actually rated uh, Steve Johnson as one of the best guys out there.
1: All right. We've got two questions to go and one minute. Should we reward race wins or consistency? Andrew? Race wins every time.
2: Definitely, you know, you should be rewarded for the amount of race wins you get, but at the same time, if you've been strong in the top three, well, that has to count somewhere, but there has to be something extra for a race win, and we should award a point for pole position, because it's hard work getting a pole in V8s, and that could be the deciding factor.
1: Ten seconds left. Which driver will not be here next year, Andrew Clark?
6: Um it's probably going to be Steve Johnson, <laughs> <laughs> um, Dean Fiore, or Jack Perkins.
2: Uh, Michael Patrese for me.
1: All it's a gas and go for another week, and uh, we have to get going here on the V8 Insiders. Paul Marinelli, always a pleasure to catch up with you. Thank you very much, Craig. And uh, from Andrew Clark, I know that uh, well, you have been really able to concentrate on those stats this year, and uh, we're looking forward to getting some uh, comparative stats from you in the weeks to come.
6: Yeah, I'm hoping to sit down and go through every <laughs> single Australian <laughs> <drink laughs> Car championship. You poor chart,
2: guy. Right? You yeah. poor guy, I feel, I feel so much for the guys working on the stats at the moment because everything has been thrown into utter disarray. And then probably, in two or three years' time, you're going to have to go and reverse it all as well.
6: Well, no, you won't, because once I've got all the records there in an Excel spreadsheet, I can do whatever I want with it. So, yeah, true. Um, okay. Hard parts to start with. And, uh, yeah, I actually think it's quite fascinating. I mean, I don't mind doing it in a sense. It's just about the timing aspects to it. And,
1: <laughs> yeah, there's going to be some interesting things. There is indeed. We have the white flag lap up next on the V8 Insiders.
2: To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at
1: v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Stay tuned for more. G'day, it's Greg Murphy from the Sprint Gas Racing Team and you are listening to the V8 Insiders. This week on the White Flag Lab, we look at how other sporting associations have managed to work with a players' association and how the biggest players' association in the country has been able to exist with the biggest sport. First of all, to Kate Palmer from Netball Australia. Four years ago, Netball Australia was faced with their workers unionising. I asked Kate how they went through that period and how it could help the V8 Supercars drivers and also V8 Supercars Australia in moving forward and becoming an even better organisation.
0: And I have to say initially for our sport it was very threatening. We felt quite threatened by uh, the process because it was um, the... Transport Transport Workers Union were involved and representatives from from that organisation who were very experienced
1: unionists. For the largest sport in the country, the AFL, their Players Association now has been established 35 years. And as you heard in the news, they have been able to achieve a number of results for their members. Currently, the Players Association in the AFL has 100% membership. But what about when it comes to safety? How does the Players Association attack those sorts of problems? Small
5: scale, we, we had an incidence of increased knee injuries for, our, for Ruckman playing in our game. And a couple of years ago, um, the, the rules committee met and we were involved in that rules committee and we went through a process of, of changing the rules slightly. So, uh, therefore, that the incidence of, of injuries to Ruckman in the knee area were very much curtailed by this, this process. So, there is a positive aspect to it it doesn't need necessarily to the adversarial I mean I think in
1: back to Kate Palmer in Netball Australia and what is her best advice to V8 Supercars Australia with the drivers wanting to unite
0: V8 Supercars is a very professional organisation so I suspect that they know they're very clear about what um, they um, that what they their terms would be and I suspect that the, the um, drivers and their teams, the teams they drive for, would also understand the environment very clearly. So I think it's about how you get to meet in the middle, of, and and that takes a lot of um, a lot of um,
1: patience. Jason Mene from the AFL Players Association also believes that the V8 Supercar drivers could make some. Big positive contributions to the sport, just like they've been able to do with the AFL.
5: Uh, in our experience, um, and, you know, obviously the V8 car space is very, very safety focused. I would imagine being such a, you know, from a distance dangerous sport. But look, one of the things that we can achieve by working as a collective is by channeling these issues through a process and actually coming through with some some really positive outcomes.
1: We'll have more from both Jason Manet from the AFL Players Association and Kate Palmer from Netball Australia in a special V8 Insiders Extra on Easter Sunday. But for now, we'll leave the last word with the current V8 Supercar Champion, Jamie Winkup, who talks about why it's going to get across the line this time.
0: Yeah, it it is a good idea and and it it is moving forward and we're going to make it happen um, in the next couple of months, um, a lot of the senior drivers in the in the category are really working hard to to push it.
1: That's all we have time for this week on the V8 Insiders. My thanks to Paul Marinelli and Andrew Clark. We look forward to joining you on Easter Sunday for that special edition V8 Insiders. But until next time, as the checkered flag waves over this edition of the V8 Insiders, keep smiling and bye for now.
2: Join us next week for more V8 Insiders
3: only on V8X.com.au.